0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we talk to Vayner NFT president, Avery Akineny. And we talk all about Gary Vaynerchuk's quest for NFT dominance. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. Actually, I lied to you. It's actually Monday, March 7th, but I am putting this out on March 8th. I'm recording it on March 7th, and this is the first time I didn't do a live show. Like, well, live meaning I recorded the day that it goes out. I hope everything works properly. I've never scheduled a show before. So if this doesn't work and you have no show, you will when I land and find out something happened and something went wrong. Like I said in the intro, we're going to talk to the president of Vayner NFTs, and we're going to talk about and we're going to talk about where did Gary Vee get his inspiration for making NFTs? We're going to talk about the formation of Vayner NFT. We're going to talk about Avery coming into Vayner NFT as the president, and we're going to talk about the future of NFTs and how Vayner NFT is going to guide that future. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and please don't forget you can send any feedback to Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Enjoy. Avery Akinini, President. Of Vayner NFT. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, Matthew.
0: Absolutely. Look, I wanna get into all about you, but I first wanna start with Gary uh nfts look he started with these uh nfts like back in the day i think they're just doodles like on an ipad and they just went bonkers my friend has one i think it's the curious coyote it is his profile picture one. it is a good one and so i just want to start back at the beginning and I, I i apologize i just want to make this a little bit about gary at first in in, in vayner nfts uh but how did he get into nfts and why
1: yeah, so Gary Vaynerchuk, for those uh, listeners who have not heard of him yet, also known as Gary V, Gary is a prolific collector. And for the past several decades, he has collected all different kinds of things, everything from sports guards to his infamous garage sailing, where he sort of identifies uh, underpriced assets and then flips them on eBay. Um, Also known as Flip Life, Gary is a really good collector and he has a really good eye for understanding different traits and rarities and um, understanding how that transfers uh, to consumers. So Gary's done a lot of wine collecting, a lot of sports cards collecting, a lot of alternative investment collecting. And um, about a year and a half ago, Gary started to get very interested in the world of NFTs and digital asset collecting. And uh, he brought all the sort of Vayner folks along with him in this journey of understanding um, why entities are really exciting and starting to build our own collections, um, which then segued into Gary launching his own collection, Be Friends, in May of 2021.
0: And so why did he do this V friends? I mean, it, honestly, to be honest with you, I was skeptical at the beginning. And my friend said, I'm going to buy these. Uh, I've been following Gary for, for a long time. So as my friend, my friend actually turned me on to Gary. And just his like, I guess his ideology, his philosophy, very positive dude, you know, very hardworking flip life. You know, it was just it, it, he kind of like glamor, glamorized just being authentic and also like just going out and just doing a hustle. And so we, we've been paying attention to him. But then when he came out with this uh, with his V friends and I saw them, I mean, and, and no, no disrespect. I was like, "Are you serious?" Because literally, they're his doodles. I, I assume they're they're his doodles on an iPad. He's yeah. not the best drawer. Why and what did he why did he think that this was going to be a successful? It is successful, but wh- where where did he start going with this?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a couple of different factors that um, are sort of strategic drivers that um, led to the success of the v Friends program. And as Gary communicates all the time, it's still very early days. We're still under a year in from Friend Series 1 launch. So Gary actually took a week off, which for him never happens, and hand drew each of these um, characters. And the characters were drawn by hand, Gary and a Sharpie. Um, And different characters that uh, translated to different core values that Gary talks about in his content. So things you mentioned, curiosity, kindness, empathy, patience, resourcefulness, and then created sort of associated characters. There are just over 200 different characters, which all stand for different things that Gary thinks um, are very important in, in one sort of day-to-day life. And when the collection first launched in May of 2021, there was a little bit of a mixed reaction from the NFT community crowd. Gary had done an incredible job of educating his fans on how to get a MetaMask, how to set up your wallet, how to have crypto, um, what is the Dutch auction. You know, We've done a lot of education in the months um, leading up to the launch of v Series 1. Um, so Gary's community was primed, but a lot of them, um, similar to what you're saying right now, Matthew, were a little bit skeptical of what is this? Why am I going to pay? Um, you know, thousands of dollars for a doodle from Gary. But one thing that I helped, I think helped create that initial value was the fact that um, each B Friend uh, Series 1 actually gets you access to a conference for three years. And if you're a fan of Gary's and many of the listeners might be, you know, when you go to a conference um, in general, you pay like a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars to attend said conference. So getting an NFT that also unlocks access to a conference for three years, you already had this kind of guaranteed and automatic value. Value built in, which I think helped drive the initial um, sale of the vFriends program. Of course, since then in the past, you know, nine months, it's developed significantly. We've launched um, the book games program, which is really cool. Another way to sort of extend. And um, the vFriends team has been working very hard on series two, um, which is coming out in April of 2022.
0: And I heard that if you got series one vFriends, you will get an airdrop of series two, or is that incorrect?
1: You will get a special perk if you are a Series 1 holder. Um, Series 1 holders will be very happy um, with sort of what happens with friend Series 2.
0: Okay, so I think that we're all caught up on like the history of the NFTs and Gary, but now Vayner NFT. This seems like this is mm-hmm. a new thing. You're the president. How did that come along, and how did you get bring get brought into the project? What's your role as president, and how is this going to grow?
1: Yeah, so we started Vayner NFT in July, two months at, just under two months after um, we launched V Friends, and um, you know Vayner. NFT is dedicated to being a Web3 consultancy for leading intellectual property owners. So whether you're a celebrity or a brand or an association, um, or you have IP and you want sort of help navigating into the world of Web3, we're for you. Um, we created it a couple of months after vFriends because as vFriends started to pick up steam and get traction, we were getting, Gary's phone was just ringing off the hook of friends, of people that have been clients of, hey, what's going on here and can you help me do this? And I think with many things along, along the, over the years with Boehner. We've used Gary as the sort of test case, the guinea pig. We want to get our hands on something and really understand it before we then go and you know sell it to different partners and consult others. Gary always feels very strongly that we need to have that practitioner level experience before we go in and you know help other people figure it out. Agreed. So we launched it shortly thereafter, um, and I think the learnings from Befriends have continued to be really really helpful for us. Of when we're trying different mechanics, when we're trying different community building strategies, when we're trying different. Surprise and delights, a lot of the learnings from Bee Friends sort of bleed into our knowledge base for Vayner NFT, which has been incredibly helpful. And you know, where I see Vayner NFT going is continuing to consult these intellectual property owners who one need education, two need operational help, you know, getting their institutional wallet set up, getting um, able to take crypto, convincing their CEO and CFO that this is a big deal. We can conserve a lot of that role and also helping concept different programs and different partnerships that help welcome. Um, these more traditional folks into the world of Web3 in a way that's authentic and it's genuine. And it helps sort of be a win-win for both the current NFT and Web3 community and these sort of larger IP owners.
0: Who is Avery?
1: So I'm Avery. Aside from my role of president of NFT, um, I've been a big marketing junkie for my whole life. I spent my early career at Target and at Google. So very much more corporate side. And I think I bring a lot of that sort of business acumen and and thinking into the side of my role that's related to translating that to them. Outside of that, I live in Miami, Florida, moved here from Singapore um, a couple of months ago. I was in Singapore opening up Vayner Asia Pacific. And I live here with my husband and my dog, which is a very cute Shiba Inu. Um, outside of work, I... <laughs> Fitting. Uh, exactly. It's, it's on brand. Um, outside of work, you know, we, we love trying different re- restaurants. We like to cook. We like to work out um, and just enjoy this Miami sunshine. But still missing New York a little bit, which is actually where we were before Singapore.
0: I've been to Singapore many, many times. I love Singapore. Just got back from New York myself. Two amazing cities. Never been to Miami. Can't wait to get down there and see Come visit. What- I 100% will one day. I want to just shift over to NFTs in general and the potential of NFTs. And I kind of want to get a little bit deeper than I, I would say a a doodle, a picture. I want to understand like, what does an NFT mean? And look, Gary made a very interesting quote on a, in an interview about two three weeks ago. Somebody was very skeptical about NFTs. And he said something, and this is a paraphrase, I'm going to butcher it, but it's a paraphrase. He said, We used to collect baseball cards, and our parents thought we were silly. And now they're worth something. Used to collect sneakers, and now they and everybody thought you were silly to collect sneakers and you know like these things. But now they're worth something. And so, if your kids are in the digital all the time, and you don't think that digital assets are going to be worth something, or digital collectibles are going to be something in the future, then you don't understand what's happening right now. And I thought that was a very interesting comment. But besides just collectibles, you know, there's NBA top shots, there's, you know, V friends and in different things like that, where do you see the innovation of a non fungible token going?
1: I think NFTs are going to be ubiquitous. I'm not sure the acronym NFT is going to stick around. This might be the next version of World Wide Web or Surf the Net, who knows? But I think the <laughs> fundamental change that we're seeing in the world of Web3 is, is very significant and it's going to impact people the same way that Web1 in a smartphone impacted people and Web2 and the ability to communicate digitally impacted people. The ability to own a unique digital asset and have that um, sort of live on in your digital self-expression is incredibly important. You think about the amount of time that people have spent um, across digital screens, like we're we're looking at each other right now on a Zoom, and I know I spend a lot of my day like this. A lot of people do. Um, You understand how much time you sort of invested digitally. And the form factor might change, but I think that the idea of your digital presence mattering is one that's here to stay and being able to collect experiences, things that matter to you, art, tickets, places you've been, even things like health records, real estate deeds, all of that, being able to be sort of digital traceable on the blockchain and associated with your digital persona, I think is incredibly important because more so than just collectibles and certainly like digital collectibles are a thing. I think we're going to see a lot more utility backed NFTs becoming incredibly important and also becoming a real form of of self-expression as the digital wallet um, becomes increasingly important for a larger broad broader base of
0: consumers. I talk to people a lot about crypto, blockchain, NFTs, anything in there, Bitcoin. And when it comes to uh, NFTs, this is the biggest thing. A lot of people will come out and say that there's not a problem. You just, you said like diplomas or real estate or these other things on the blockchain. It We have, nobody has a title to my house. I have the title to my house already. It is not, that's not an issue. My diploma, I, I have my diploma. It's on the wall. Actually, it's back there. It it's not an issue. Um, yeah. <laughs> so why is this, uh, are you just trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist?
1: I think that's a really good provoking question and it's not necessarily that it's a problem. It's just as people spend more and more time in their their life digitally, like maybe you're not going to university in the, in the physical sense anymore, right? Maybe your education is occurring digitally and then your diploma will be given to you digitally, right? Like, and maybe, you know, I'm not going on a vacation physically, it's like a, a trip that I'm going on digitally. I think as we see the increase in, of time spent digitally and, and these experiences become more and more immersive, these things start to matter in a digital format even more. There are, of course, like small logistical issues, and, and sometimes they're large as well, right? Like fraud is a huge problem. Even like typos and bank documents and titles um, are problems. Um, and the security of those documents is also um, always something that's a little bit at risk, right? Anyone who's had to go and, and change their name with a social security office can agree with me that it's it's not an easy thing to do. and It's sort of a process that's mired in bureaucracy and inefficiency and lack of te- technological innovation. So I think there are some small problems, but, but less so than solving a problem, more um, this is the new way that people are going to live and exist and their digital presence and their digital wallets um, are going to matter to them a lot. Um, and that'll be a real place that people explain who they are, um, show off who they are and have important things that will exist digitally. And some of these will be corresponding to physical things. And some of these might be purely digital experiences, events,
0: Assets. I think the last question I have for you, and I just kind of wanted to just because you are coming in in a and you're the first person I've talked to in this kind of like capacity. Um, that is a president of a NFT enterprise. We're talk, You said mm-hmm. Web3, you have NFTs, you talked about the different use cases of NFTs. And so I guess one of the biggest conversations I, I see around the internet when it comes to uh, people who are skeptical is things like we don't watch sales of NFTs. We have bored apes, you know, just a picture of an ape, obviously, yeah. I'm coming as a, as a skeptic right now, selling for $1.5 million at Justin Bieber or something. And do we actually understand that that is the floor price? So they're like, oh, is the floor price? Uh, artificial, just because you're wash trading with, you know, wallets that you custody yourself, um, or, you know, or, or are you just making this market out of out of nowhere? I guess when you are coming in as a president and you have this marketing background and a business background, as you said, uh, and you're coming into this space to try to make a more substantial product than a lot of people think it is, where are your challenges, and how are you combating those kind of speeches that are also correct? It's also correct that there is wash trading. It's also correct that maybe the floor value of a crypto punk isn't five hundred thousand dollars, but you know it's, it's being artificially created. How do you combat all of these, like I guess, technical difficulties? These, um, I guess, bad actors in the space to show that what you're doing at Vayner NFT is legitimate and will pioneer the future.
1: Everything you just said is absolutely a challenge, and I think that there are are some small like bumps in the road in the early early days of any technology. If you know any of your listeners remember the app Yo, right? It was the stupidest app ever. It just literally said Yo back and forth, right? And like the wait, Yo. Wait, app, wait,
0: what is this real?
1: Yes, it's real. It's real. Um, <laughs> it was just an app that was just called Yo, and it would just go back and forth. And it was kind of silly. It was like you know, do you remember the virtual beer app where it would like you know you have something that basically looks like have drinking it. beer? Yeah. So these things were silly, right? And um, they were the early days of a new technology. I think that's where we are today. NFTs have introduced this whole element of floor price and financial opportunity and day trading. And that's been amazing for a lot of people, but I do not see the future of NFTs as being day trading like expensive assets. I think that's a small group right now who's benefiting from that and who's immersed in that and how they're having fun and that's wonderful. Where we sit as Vayner NFTs, we want to bring NFTs to the broader masses, and that means a lot of NFTs that are free, that are accessible, that are community unlocks, that give you access to new events and experiences. You know that might translate to physical products being redeemed. We're way less interested in creating the next, um, you know, super hype digital collectible, and way more interested in using NFTs as a way to build community to empower creators. Um, to help brands find a new opportunity and way to engage with their consumers, which is why you'll see a lot of the NFT programs that we are helping design and collaborate with are in fact like either free charitable based um, or or don't even take secondary sales because that element of, of uh, sort of hype cycle is not something that we really want to lean into. However, it exists and it's wonderful for those who are benefiting from it today. Um, I think that what you're calling out is something that, that does concern some early folks, but where we see NFTs is, you know, so much um, broader reaching than the more market size that we see today on, on OpenSea or from the power collectors and the, and the super users. So it's something that we um, understand as being... Important today, but we also understand that this is a tiny percentage of the total number of people who are going to have NFTs. When we have this conversation five or ten years, I think NFTs will be far more ubiquitous, and you know, average price will go way down. Average use case will go way out. Um, There's so many different cool use cases for NFTs that we've only scratched the surface of. So that's always how we try to to help empower people and um, help get people on board, help them get their first ever NFT, and and I always like to recommend projects that have a direct utility um, as someone's first NFT, for example, a V friends because, you know, they will understand, OK, great, I get to go to this conference. I get a clear utility outside of just sort of a more speculative digital collectible, which may or may not like pay out the way someone's hoping.
0: You, I mean, I really love that example. I, I use that example a, a lot of times. Of was like, what are these early use cases of the Internet? And I just remember getting, you know, the AOL the free 1000 hours discs in the mail and then popping yes. that in there, in there and using my hours to go into a chat room, an AOL chat room and with, with some sort of theme. But they always de into your mama jokes and people cussing back and forth at each other, making mm-hmm. lewd comments. And, and, and if your mom would walk, I, I was born in 79, so I was probably about 14 or, or 13 when I was in these chat rooms, mom would walk up behind me going, the hell is this? Is this the future? And it was like, yeah, mom, this is the future. And she doesn't believe it. I guess the the question I had in that previous question, even though this is a long last question, I apologize. uh, How do you communicate that as a company or do you even need to?
1: necessarily need to we say a lot of we're very early we say a lot of um, pioneering days we talk about this market adoption curve and you know you might remember this from school where there was like innovators and there's early adopters and there's mainstream it's kind of like a bell curve and then you have the laggards, and then you have like the last adopters we're still so early in that innovator camp it's a tiny percentage of you know americans much less like percentage of total population of the world who has access to nfts now so we're totally in those aol dial-up days Where we see the potential, and I think the people who started building in those AOL dial-up days, who saw the fact that, like, wow, access to information is going to change the game for people, Um, and being able to, you know, communicate across borders um, is going to change the way that that people um, learn from each other and have access to information. So those who saw that opportunity and and jumped into it are often the same people who are seeing this um, opportunity in the world of web three jumping into it, even though we know it's early, there's a lot of interesting, fun building that's happening right now and being a part of it can be really exciting and, and can set up your business. um, for having this early adopter advantage that just these times don't come around that often. Um, So it's not, uh, it's not so much something that we were concerned about now. We know it's early. We know there's a lot of amazing stuff, some not amazing stuff, um, but that's kind of, kind of part of the deal. We're in the BlackBerry phase of of this, you know, the AWOL dial-up days, the BlackBerry phase. And if, if anyone sort of remembers going back to that, you see the bones of the technology, but you understand how much it's massively improved over the past 15, 20 years. Um, and and I hope to see the same thing happening with the world of NFTs.
0: Avery Akineni, president of Vayner NFT. Thank you for coming on the show and discussing all this.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment, and go to Spotify. Leave us five stars and tell everybody that this is the best damn news show in the biz. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.